Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing Prey, uh, the latest film in the Predator franchise, which has the most infuriating naming structure, I think, of any franchise. Um, the last three movies have been Predators, The Predator, and Prey, which, no, thank you. Anyway, um, this thing just dropped on Hulu and broke a bunch of records from what I saw for like uh, Hulu streaming releases or something. So it's 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 all it's all a buzz on the internet. So we're gonna review that tonight. Joining me, first up from Indiana, please welcome Casey to the show. Hello. Next up from Richmond, Virginia, please welcome Caitlin. Hello. Tonight I'm in Horga for the Patreon viewers. I see so. that. And last up tonight, from the lovely Pacific Northwest, bringing a West Coast vibe to us this week, please welcome Ariel to the show. Hi. Um, Schnars is out this week. Who knows where he is? Probably gallivanting off with some business dudes in suits or something. You know, you know what he does. <laughs> dudes in suits. Um, I've never seen a picture of Schnars in a suit, but now I know that I want one. <laughs> somewhere there's a picture of him and I from Mark's wedding where yeah. somebody had turned it into one of those memes that was like, find someone that looks at you the way <laughs> drunk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> Wait, pretty... was it you looking at John? Yes, it was. Oh, yeah. well, well, of course. <laughs> it was pretty pure. It was pretty pure. Um, we were pretty suited up, too. So Yeah, sure. we were all suited up. It's wild. I still, that's still my suit from, I don't know how long has Mark been married, like seven years or something like that. I'm not buying, <laughs> I'm not buying a new suit. It's not happening. Uh, anyway. said, I'll be buried in this suit. <laughs> I know. Uh, all right, let's do it. Let's jump in and talk about. This is it, Shadowbird. Your big break in TV. Of the front time. Main feature. You know, uh, it's been one of those weeks on the internet where, like, um, this is a movie that's. I feel like I almost just want to get this out, like the discourse on this movie a little bit. We don't have to get that deep into it. But it's been one of those, first of all, there's like the obvious discourse around this movie where like some dingus on like some conservative incel like YouTube channel was like talking shit about this movie, blah, blah, like very predictable. And like- You can just say, John, it's fine. (laughs) But it set Twitter like a flame, which I get it. It's a- dumb opinion that's fine but what what's wild is if you really like take a step back and pay attention to these kind of things it's like seven thousand people responding to the same like one youtube review like obviously these people are out here but like we're all getting ourselves frothed up here when i feel like we should just be celebrating that like it's a really good movie and let's face it that's really all they're doing is trying to get us frothed up well, exa- I mean, exactly. I feel like at some point you're just participating in the troll machine at some point. Yep. But I also, it's been fun watching everyone on Twitter um, become an expert in Comanche. Like, <laughs> who knew there were 10,000 Twitter experts in the Comanche language? That's been amazing to see. This week we've had a lot of Comanche experts, some FBI experts, experts on warrants. <laughs> oh my goodness. Just insane. But uh, no, they did. So they record what it's, they dubbed a whole version in Comanche, right? So then I assume yeah, it's yeah. dubbed with an English subtitles or something. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. It's kind of cool. They did that. I didn't, is it a fully separate version on Hulu? 
I think it's one of the streams, but I'm not 100. percent Do you like have to go in and like like toggle over and select it? But it's it's so there's it's only one dubbed. one stream, and then you change in the settings, basically. Yeah, there's an audio menu. I think. Gotcha. Yeah, but it's a. Uh, I was hoping that it would be dubbed, or like I was hoping that they filmed in conjunction, like scenes in Comanche, but it's just like a dub over I'll the one. I'll be honest. Maybe yeah, this it's is, the same actors doing the dubbing, but maybe it's this still, is just like my yeah. um, simpleton ways. But they actually do it here exactly the way I like it, which is where you're you're speaking English, but like appropriately accented where it's appropriate, right, for like the actors or whatever, and then when we're not supposed to understand what somebody's saying, like then they're just speaking in French because we don't like the whole point is that our characters don't understand like what they're saying. Right. But like few things, I don't, I don't like it when it goes too far in the other direction. Like my example is always, I find the hunt for red October to be one of the stupidest movies of all time. Cause I cannot watch <laughs> a sub full of supposedly Russian soldiers talking to each other in like four different accents. Like, like Sean Connery is a Russian <laughs> command. Like it's no, like, okay, that's fair. That's my You're going to get angry tweets again. That's my rant. <laughs> but I thought they handled this well. And it's nice that like, yes, they gave us the like, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe mainstream version of it, but also that they, you know, they provided, they provided, uh, this other option for, let's say more adventurous moviegoers than I is, is a nice little touch. Eric, yeah, I really, I, sorry, go ahead. And I was just going to say that, and when the Comanche is used in the English version of the film, I think it works well because you generally know from visual cues and context exactly what they're saying. So you're not lost at all. For sure. Yeah. What were you going to say, Caitlin? I was going to say, I hope we get another nice review uh, like this one from a couple weeks ago when you didn't like the Munsters trailer. Rob Zombie is pretty good for not being an accomplished movie maker. This kid doesn't know horror. <laughs> <laughs> he called me kid. How flattering. This kid doesn't know horror. <laughs> That's like that man, that YouTube comment here. Like, I mean, no, I guess maybe that, that thing with like where people find our ghost watch review and they get mad because they think it's ghost watch the movie. And then they just talk shit about us in the comments. And it was the same kind of thing. It was somebody probably younger than me being like these fucking kids these days. Like, bro, I'm 40. <laughs> literal 40 just subtitle i'm 40 <laughs> all right caitlin please bring us the word of the day eric the word of the day is apex coming to us from early 17th century and originally from latin and it means the highest point or climax and uh I think you can guess why I might have chosen Apex for, for today. It is about predators. It is? And you know what? I didn't know that going in. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was about prey. Kaylin, um, t- tell me about this movie. Yeah, so this comes to us from Dan Trachtenberg, who uh, we also saw from 10 Cloverfield Lane. So he's kind of got this like cool position of doing... I like taking little micro universes within larger universes like he did with 10 Cloverfield Inn and here with the Predator property and giving us like a little sneak peek, a little like vignettes into these worlds, which I think is really cool. Um, But this is, in fact, a Predator movie. Um, Smarter people than I will have known that going in. but wait a second, wait a second, here. wait a second, wait a second. Back it up, back it up a second. <laughs> yeah, I was about Are to you saying you, you actually didn't know? 
I truly didn't know. When did you really? figure it out? When I heard the like click 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 click, <gasps> when I heard the predator noises in the That's beginning, amazing. you didn't know until after you started the movie. Yes, I didn't know. I, I had seen a teaser trailer and it was just like the bear stuff, and I was like, maybe there's like a sick something out there hunting the bear. Kaylin, I truly did not know. What a what a what a pure and magical cinematic experience you had. I know. Yeah. That's special. I mean the, you find out pretty like before the title card drops, yeah, you hear the, the clicking, but yeah. That's exciting. I like that. It was something. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. You feel real dumb. <laughs> so I'm just shocked are... you missed all of it on social if media. If I ever, yeah, if I, I ever, know. if I ever managed, to, you should feel good about that. Because if I ever managed to stumble <laughs> into a movie like that, even more unaware than I almost always am, that's a treat. Because then yeah, it's just absolutely. all a surprise from there. Well, I will. <laughs> you know, we'll get into it, but I am glad that I I was surprised going in. But uh, but yeah, this is this is. Part of the Predator universe, but takes place in 1719. Um, so we're going back in time, and uh, we basically follow a young Comanche woman named Naru, and she she has a brother named Tabe, and Tabe is pretty entrenched in sort of like this warrior group uh, and hunter group within the Comanche, and she would really like to be a part of that. And we get to see her sort of. Um, figure out what it takes to be a warrior and we see that she alone uh no one else can can sort of sense that there is you know not just the predators in terms of the bears and the mountain lions and the colonizers but there's another predator a capital p predator out there too <laughs> also learning that at the same time caitlin <laughs> i was like oh my god <laughs> uh casey what did you think about prey um, I was highly impressed. I've been a longtime Predator fan and tried to apologize for the bad ones even, you know, but even I gave up after a point thinking that they were going to be good. So I got uh, surprised by the teaser trailer, much like Caitlin going into the movie at first. I didn't know what it was until there was a point when in the, I saw the laser sights mm. in there and I was like, oh, it's, but it turns out this time, this is the best effort for a Predator movie they put out in a good while. And I really liked how it played out. I think I loved the setting of it and with the native Americans and seeing their point of view and their, how they lived and whatnot and how it kind of worked in there. That was cool. I also liked that we didn't get the same Predator that we got every movie. It was kind of its own unique thing. And I'll get into it later. I was, I can't remember reading about one of the creature creators talking about, the predator for this movie and some of the reasons why it looks different based on the climate from where they're from, stuff like that. It was pretty cool. Uh, they put a lot of thought in it and I think it really plays across on uh, screen. I would say if I had to nitpick, it was a little slow starting out for me, but as she starts to realize that there's something else out there in the woods, it just keeps picking up and picking up until we get a grand crescendo at the end. And it's pretty fun to watch. It's a blast. Ariel. Yeah, um, I love this movie. I like a lot of the Predator movies. I mean, some of them are really dumb, but I usually have a good time. It's been ages since I've seen any of them except the original. But uh, I, I don't know. I wasn't going in expecting a ton out of it, and I was pleasantly surprised at how good it is. The main woman, um, Naru, played by Amber Midthunder, I thought she was fantastic. And one of the things that I really liked about this is that it's not your standard predator movie where you're following a group of like military style people who are all muscle bound and trying to fight with 
guns. Instead, it's almost like a coming of age story where this young woman is sort of learning her role and learning what to do. And I think what's fun too, is that all of her supposed weaknesses end up being strengths later on. And anytime she does kind of fall and make a mistake, you can watch her later learn from those mistakes and use them against the predator, which mm. is really great. Right, so I thought all of that was fantastic. Also, just the fact that we have, you know, indigenous actors actually playing indigenous characters, that there were indigenous people behind the scenes, like as the producer and other roles uh, behind the camera is all really great. And it's actually a really beautiful film, too. I mean, mm. it's so pretty to look at. And I just really like the idea of having it in the past where we're not as reliant on guns. Plus, the Predator is really neat, the way that they changed him because it's supposed to be, you know, 300 years in the past. Um, so that was really cool, too, to see, especially the difference in his uh, mask. You know, I thought that was all really great. I loved it. Caitlin. Yeah, I have to agree. I really do like the the bone esque mask that we've got here it's it's really cool in terms of creature design i am really glad i did not know this was a predator property because i am not a big predator fan i'm, I'm not a huge fan of the franchise in general but i really loved this and i it's definitely my favorite predator movie and it might make my top 10 for the year i i really enjoyed it um i thought the characters were written well i think that naru has you know she's they could have gone a certain way and made her like the best warrior ever. And they like simply right. don't accept her because she's a woman. And that's not the case. She's, you know, she wants to be a part of this and she's learning as she goes through her mistakes. And I love that. And sort of watching her observe things and learn is it's good exposition. Cause again, like we're not, they're not telling us how it works in this time frame. We're watching her learn how it works and sort of learning with her. Um, I love a good brother sister story and this has a good bit of that in it. So that was, that was really nice. And I loved, you know, some of the brother sister moments, like when they're at the tree tied together. Um, it's just, it's really neat to see. So mm -hmm. excited to talk more. Yeah. I loved this movie too. It is, um, I am particularly enamored with movies, uh, in, uh, in North America, like, around this time basically just kind of like pre-colonization like uh, the new world is one of my like top 10 movies of all time like it, anything set in this kind of uh pre fully colonized like idyllic like it's sort of um it's brutal in some ways but it's also just gorgeous and like the it really is i think ariel said it's a beautiful movie and it's actually why i didn't I didn't find it that slow. It is, it's a slow burn and they, it's a slow ramp up to like real good predator action, but I think it really works in the film's favor. Cause by the time he starts popping off in the third act, you're like so amped for it. But even before that, like in the second act, you get that scene with the bear that like fucks that scene is the best. <laughs> it looks really good. like when he's like showering, was, he's like showering in the bear's blood as he like holds it over. It's so such good. a good scene. And the whole is he drinking it or is he just, it like looked to me like a victory like, shower, like, all, okay, you know, yeah. but like, yeah, it's, Man, the it's just a, an incredibly smart film. So we we have done actually reviewed a handful of these movies. Um, we've done AVP Requiem, uh, which is pretty bad, but like I kind of like my larger point about the Predator movies. 
I don't take them super seriously, and I've kind of had fun with all of them on some level. Even AVP Requiem, which is like a trash tier movie, <laughs> was yeah. was had yeah. some moments of fun in its own right. It's probably the worst that we've done. So then you did Predators, right? Which was Adrian Brody. Um, that was a pretty fun little one where like the commandos, they'd all been abducted from different places and put uh, put in this like game reserve, basically. Um, yeah, that one's fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Last one. summer, or um, okay, I say last summer. No, it couldn't have been last summer. It must have been a couple of years ago, right? Pre-pandemic. Holy shit! <laughs> what is time? It's that just like really messed me up when I thought about how long ago that probably was. But I actually, the Predator is a hot mess too, but it has some real good, like dumb, big budget action going on in it. Um, and, you know, Big Giant Predator is kind of stupid and fun. I'm into that. But this is like, as far as just solid movie making, I've heard a lot of people say it's the best sequel. And you could, the only other one that would really be in contention would be Predator 2, which has its own yeah. cult audience. And throwing the Predator in New York City is kind of brilliant in its own right. And Danny Glover from that era, like everything. But oh yeah, this might be in the, I think it's a contender for the best sequel for sure. Um, it's a, it's a really brilliant idea. I think what this movie does that a lot of the other sequels lose in particular, the predators is that the way that it just creates a fully fledged story that could be a script on its own and then drops a predator in the middle of it. Like the predator, I think falters by making it all about the predator. Right. And like, yeah, but if you go back to that original movie, those are like commando dudes on a mission that had nothing to do with a predator that just happened to run into one. And so this film, even though it's so out of left field feeling, it shares that lineage in a way that makes it really true to the original. Uh, and you're also just looking at, it's almost like the way Assassin's Creed is like, it's always about an assassin, but it's jumping around to different periods in history and different types of combat and stuff it's just the same idea. Like it's really a lot of the same ideas from that original film, but just done in a totally different time period. Yeah. And people are already clamored for more. I mean, the, the most common thing I've seen since this released is people winning samurai versus predator. Samurai, and yeah, Viking dude, like, versus predator. Vikings, cool. Vikings beat sick. Yeah. Um, I think that the story is really compelling. I do. I like the changes that they, the subtle changes to the predator, you get a lot of cool predator gadgets. Um, and there are some really well done like callbacks and sort of, um, what do they call it? Is it like Chekhov's gun? Is that what it's called when they like plant something? Although it's funny. (laughs) I mean, I'm generally uh, the quicksand is one. I'm generally like, I will always like sometimes don't catch this stuff, but I feel like I'm doing better lately, but I, that's gone. Because at no point in the first act when she had this like herb and was like, this lowers your body temperature. Did I go, that might help later. Didn't literally did (laughs) not occur to me until (laughs) they like, it'll cool his blood. I was like, oh, sick. So you're my, my, my moment like yours, Caitlin, where I, like you said, you felt dumb was when that came back around me and I'm like, yeah, fucking duh. They see with heat. Like, of course that makes sense. (laughs) Like they made such a point. Um, But yeah, just like all that stuff comes around really well in the end. There's a super awesome, adorable movie dog in this movie. I love uh, that dog. Um, that dog. I was too. really concerned. And I'm not usually. So was I. Like, I had a feeling. Know. Nah, I just had a feeling they were going to let that dog pull through. 
He's very smart. Like he knows when to fuck off and come back. Like he's, he's <laughs> he like, sure does. listen, <laughs> I think that that the, the people who made this movie knew that it was okay to, to spoiler alert, kill the brother, but not okay to kill the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was very sad about the brother, but I love their moments. It's together. just so fun. Like, <clears throat> and again, another like, um, subtle planted thing is she runs into a, like a steel bear trap sort of early in the movie. And I did kind of go like, that doesn't really, it, they just, it didn't really make sense. And I was thinking like, okay, I don't know my history like that. Well, but maybe there were some settlers here, but it's just touched on. And then it goes away for a long time. And then like right at the right time when they need the, the second act to pick up, then we see these like French explorers basically, um, who have run into them and kidnapped her. And then we get a chance to just see like the predator just F shit up. And it's really cool because you also don't like those people. So it's like a fun way to just see the predator murder a bunch of people that are gross and you hate them. You know what I mean? Like right. in the, conte- in the context <laughs> and it was historically accurate. Well, of course. Yeah, of course. So yeah. they really went for the, uh, the fucked up teeth of it all for those colonizers. <laughs> they sure did. did. They did. The natives though, <laughs> some pearly whites. I don't know what they're doing. We do see her like floss with a stick at one point, but I'm not sure that that's going to get the job done there. In fact, I, I stopped in the middle of this and was like, did anybody have teeth? Like, is is this accurate? <laughs> How do people have teeth in this movie? Pull up your Google searches while you're watching Prey. <laughs> did settlers colonizers have teeth? Well, those guys, I believe, didn't have teeth. But like the, the natives were like white, like just all their teeth white. I don't know. Well, better than the actors being white. So. <laughs> <laughs> well. Good I, uh, I really did like the, I, I feel like, I don't know. We talked uh, over text a little bit about how someone was like complaining that this was like a Mary Sue type thing. And I've already said that, like, I don't think that's the case at all. She's perfectly flawed and we see her grow in a, in a realistic way. It's a silly, um, I mean, it's a silly argument. It doesn't, there's no part. It doesn't of make that sense. Tracks, like so, there is right. no, there's no sense there. But I also really, you know, they could have gone a couple like silly ways in terms of being like, yeah, girl power, but like not in a way that felt genuine or cool. But the one part that did like, the line that I was like hoping for, but that like wouldn't go quite cross the line into too corny is when she's talking to one of the French trappers or colonizers. And she's like, you don't think I'm dangerous because uh, you know, you don't see me as a threat. And then like, the, you know, she uses him as bait. Essentially yeah, I was like a, a little on, on the nose. Yeah. It was a yeah. little on the nose, but like, I, I feel like that was just enough. Cause they could have gone in the direction, like I said, of having her be like the best warrior ever. And nobody takes her seriously, but she's well, not, she's, learning and, and it, it's really cool it's woven into the story like the fact yeah. that the predator like the whole it just tracks the way they did it like the whole predator's yeah. deal is he lands on the planet presumably they know nothing about earth and he's trying to um like discover basically trace the like food chain up to find the like apex predator so that they can con- he can conquer it or whatever and so he has we see through the movie, which is a pretty cool thing considering this character is wordless, right? Like we see the first scene with the rat and the snake and like we, I think the characters themselves do identify it at some point, which helps bring that point across. Cause I wonder, cause I had had that part spoiled for me just in this Twitter fight nonsense going on. But like, so I could immediately was like, Oh, okay. As soon as I saw the snake and the, I feel like if I didn't know that, it would have taken me a little longer to like tie it together in my head. But we see that that's what he's doing. 
And then it's sort of explained to us like, oh, it doesn't consider her a threat. So like she's able to take him down because she uses that to her advantage. Like she just ends up being smarter than like, right? Because yeah. predators are designed for brute force attacks, which well, is why, again, which is why like, in every predator movie, for the most part, some human has been able to trick them like into dying. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> Well, and it's like with her strength as a warrior, it's not like she's the strongest or necessarily best hunter on the team, but, and it's not like she's like the smartest person ever. She's just really good at learning. And I like that. It's not like she's like, obviously it hunts like blah, blah, blah. It's not, you know, it's not really like shitty dialogue. They're not Mary suing her in terms of her intelligence. We get to sort of experience it with her as like her as our proxy as we sort of move through this and get to know yeah, what she's yeah. dealing with. It's and I love that. Well, and the fact that it's a coming of age process for her and she's wanting to prove herself that she's ready for that next step and whatnot. And we kind of grow along with her with that throughout that too. Like you said, she's learning stuff as she goes, whereas we're learning off of her and whatnot. So it just makes good uh, synergy. It's sort it's of good writing. Yeah, it's really good writing. And I, I also really liked how in the conversations with like her mother and her brother and other warriors, hunters from the tribe that were, we see that they all want her to be learning medicine and doing foraging and things like that. Um, where she really wants to join the hunters and be a warrior. And I think what's cool is that in becoming a warrior, she doesn't get rid of all the skills she already learned. Like the things that she learned in sort of the more traditionally feminine roles in their society are actually what help her in a large part yeah. in yeah. fighting the mm -hmm. predator. It reminded yeah. me of the uh, Lara Croft reboot from like five or six years ago. Maybe, long, maybe that was longer than that. Maybe I'm doing that again. Yeah, I but, think it's about four or five. But like the same way if you played through that game and then I assume the movie is similar, but like you spend the first hours and hours of that game, she's just trying to survive and doesn't really, like she has to learn the skills. It's like learn the skills and build. Mm -hmm. And like we see that whole process through the movie, which is really cool. Um, I also, I like that... Uh, <laughs> It did catch me by surprise a few times in terms of like good writing. Cause there's that one kind of like antagonistic dude on the hunting team. Who's like, we don't need a cook to come with us. And you're like, <laughs> in my head, I was like, that guy's going to fucking die. Like he's going <laughs> to die because we want him to die. But it's not later. It's like right away. He's on the well, branch and then the mountain lion just, or I don't know if it's the mountain lion or the predator at that point, just fucking takes him out. And I was like, All you know, right, we're you going know, hard. you know when it's going to happen because like, I think that's the predator. It's when they're, I think that's when they're trying to drag her back to camp, right? Like literally drag her back to camp. But they're like he, sitting in the tree, hunting the lion. It's a, but he gets taken out. So I know the like, scene you're talking about, swiftly. but like yeah. they like tele telegraph it too, because the two dudes are just exchanging a smug look back and forth. Like they're just so self-satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, and then the soundtrack, just everything quiets for a second. You're like, Oh, you're fucking dead right now. <laughs> Which like, but I think in a in a, like a more conventional script, maybe it would have been like, okay, that's our like yeah. little like secondary antagonist, and he will get his. But this was just Everybody immediate, just and the kills yeah. like that were surprising to me in a good way. It's the action yeah. is really well directed, and it's. I mean, I I really enjoyed the first section of this movie. Um, like, I like I like how sparse the predator is because it's it's always interesting when he shows up. And it's paced just well enough where he keeps you keep dropping back in with him and seeing like where the process is at here. And then it like then it once that bear scene hits, you're like, oh shit. Like that that scene is just so well done. My only real yeah. complaint is I feel like um it's a little dark. And 
I actually, I, I've spent years complaining that modern movies are like overlit. So I don't want to like course correct too hard. And I, I'm also not convinced that it may not have something to do with streaming and that streaming is streaming could be compressing the blacks in a way that makes them hard to see. But some of the night scenes in particular in the finale, I lost full track of what was happening on. I feel like, and I had lights down and like, was like watching it properly. Honestly, yeah, I had the same problem. Honestly, and I'm not making any comment on your social status, but it could be your TV even that's had struggling with the blacks. It's pretty decent. I mean, and I did see some other people out there on on Twitter. It's, but it is not. What is it? There's one kind of TV that's better with blacks, right? It's like OLED or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. I don't. It's definitely like an LCD. So. Well, and speaking of like the color and like the effects and everything, the bear in particular looked good to me. Like I was very scared of the bear, but I I'm trying to find the budget for this because it is, it, it never was going to get a theatrical release. If I'm not mistaken, it was always going to be direct to streaming. I, and I feel like it looks really good. Uh, I've like, seen despite yeah. the color issues, but it looks good. I've seen speculation that there might be some regret over there that they yeah. didn't be considering how big of a success it was on Hulu. I mean, this would be a fun one to see on the big screen. Yeah. I sure. kind of regret that I didn't yeah. get a chance to. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. But there was something kind of cool about like all watching it together the day it came out. Like on BGH Slack, there was like, "Have you watched it yet?" And uh huh, that was cool. Yeah. And I was like, "Is it uh, two hours for the show?" Because if not, then no, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it looked great. I think all of the nature shots were so well done, and I think that you know most of the action scenes were really amazing. I think some of the animals didn't look perfect. Like I think the CGI was noticeable in some of those scenes. On the other hand, you know, for the sake of animals themselves and the the actors and like artists that have to choreograph that stuff, it's probably better that they don't use the real animals, no, even I, if they would look no, better. I think the CGI so I'm is totally really willing to overlook it. I think it's really good. That bear, it's so funny. I think I'm just accustomed to like, I know bears can be dangerous, but I feel yeah. like I'm accustomed to when I see a bear, it's like a viral video of just some like lazy bear like, ah, strolling, yeah. <laughs> strolling through a neighborhood looking for a right. garbage can. And it's on the news. Cause they're like, y'all there's a bear just walking down the street. This bear is rip shit. This bear is like yeah. murder bear. And it's he's really, like, it's, really it's, effective. it's really effective. It's really effective. Yeah. He's huge. Shoot. He's fast. And I'm like, Oh God, bears are so scary. They are. The I last liked- time I was, in Yellowstone, they closed off a bunch of trails because a black bear, uh, apparently somebody walked near a baby bear that they didn't notice. And the mom just like flew and just ran at them. And this kid got his like back all scratched oh, up. Luckily he oh. lived, but they had closed off like part of the park to keep you away. It's really it. cool seeing the predator. Um, it gets fucked up a lot. And like that's, yeah. that in itself is somewhat of a hallmark of these movies. But I feel like they really lean into it here because he doesn't really have guns or like lasers. It's all this like, he's got the like three, his little sight thing is like, now make Casey, maybe you know, it's been years since I've seen the first. The the three dot sight thing is like a classic part of it, but wasn't it a laser yeah. or gun or something before? Yeah, it was a laser cannon on his shoulder. Right, so here original. it's like, it's like these sort of like high tech, um, like bolts of, like yeah, it's kind of like arrows, a, it's like a futuristic alien crossbow. Yeah, exactly. Which was a nice, a nice touch. And it's just cool. It's cool. An aspect of this movie you don't get in any of the other ones is seeing people who are completely unfamiliar with technology um, interact, interacting with a predator and also people who probably have um, 
realistic feeling legends about maybe people from other uh galaxy or like spiritual yeah. realms or something you know what i mean like they don't go into that that heavy but it's sort of in the air um and it's kind of it's it's really cool that was one of my favorite parts of this in terms of like the little things they snuck in with the writing and whatnot. Cause I never picked up on the first time they showed us the stuff with the helmet. Uh, we see that the, when her brother comes charging in the horse and smacks the predator in the side of the head while she's distracting it, knocks his helmet off. He starts shooting his bolts and stuff. And they're showing us that scene with these bolts flying wild. And they're making a pretty good point to show us how they kind of change direction and whatnot. And they're going to the tree where that thing's okay, pointing. And they, kinda... they, they, they showed us, they telegraphed us, but it never clicked for me. I kind of missed it yeah so when you get to the end and you see her pick up that mask in the finale of this that was not at all in the first in my in the front of my thoughts that she was going for that i was curious of what she was going to do and then once you see it play out you're like oh that was genius <laughs> until you just said that i didn't realize that that's what we were seeing in that first action scene. yeah yeah that yeah makes it's sense. all really smart script writing because they they leave breadcrumbs throughout to give you a hint into what's going to happen later mm -hmm. it's really yeah. good it's all, it all pays off in the end, you know? And I will say I, I was on a, it's only a podcast and was talking to Christian about the, the quicksand of it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and they I, brought back I mean, movie we, quicksand. Who's, when was the last time we saw quicksand? Amazing. It gave me never ending story flashbacks. Or a uh, uh, princess bride. <laughs> but it's, um, but it was cool because I mean, it was, it's early in the movie that we see her, like, have her first struggle with That's it. A scary so scene I knew, too. like, I knew she wasn't going to die then, but I was kind of like, what the fuck is going to happen? Because it wasn't, you know, we see her, like, trying to throw the axe to, like, you know, give herself some leverage. And it was really good. Like, it wasn't too many takes of, like, throwing the axe. It wasn't too few. I was like, yep, they got, they got the Goldilocks oh, method down. Yeah, it's so tense. That girl in her tomahawk, too. I mean, it was if sometimes when you do something repetitive like that in real life and it, you, it's kind of like trance like and whatnot. And they those shots of her practicing with her tomahawk in the beginning was that way for me, too. It just kind of lulled you into a trance as you're getting into the rhythm of it and whatnot. It was just what that was also really well shot. Mm -hmm. I saw Whitney, friend of the friend of the show, owned some person on Twitter that was like, yeah, so suddenly she's like this great hatchet thrower. And Whitney was like, they literally show her practicing. Yeah. Like, it's like half the movie. It's over that stupid yeah. hatchet practicing. It's like, like part of the thing. <laughs> it's very. Oh, what did you guys think of the rats eating the stump, the leg oh, stump? Hardcore. It's pretty hardcore. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. And the fact that <laughs> pretty they, cool. when he first woke up and started swinging at him, they didn't run away. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were like, ah, you're not. Like, like, no, we're good. Those <laughs> are wild. Those are those are wood rats, Casey. They're hungry. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> Crazy. It was. I mean, it was like pretty gory. I, you know, didn't yeah. hold back. I love some yeah, good. Yeah, she has to pull that metal out of the guy's leg stump too. Ooh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. I love some good uh, glow in the dark rave blood. It's always a lot of fun spraying everywhere. Yeah. It looks so good. Like it could have looked silly, but when she walks up at the end with the head and she's like covered in the like phosphorescent, fluorescent, whatever the word is, blood. Yeah. And it's like, it looks really cool. Pulls off like some pretty legit comedy too. In that scene where the French settlers all try to shoot <laughs> it at the same time. Yeah. And then they all simultaneously stop to like reload their muskets. And he just yeah, looks at them so like, long. what? <laughs> it's brilliant. Like that's so funny. It's really good. That one that shot him, uh, point blank in the face too with his helmet on that the ball just bounced off his helmet and <laughs> killed the guy killed him. Mm -hmm. 
Well deserved. Yeah. There are so many great moments like that and so many tense moments. And I just love that she uses sort of like her natural surroundings too, to her advantage, like the beaver dam or the mud or even the way that, you know, she escapes from the bear because, you know, she's trained this dog who can, you know, follow her command and stuff and saves her life. It's all just really cool. And, and I think the whole Mary Sue argument, like you were saying is just bullshit. And I also think that people who say that she's, you know, too strong or some little girl couldn't do all of this clearly have not watched any predator movies with their brains turned on. Because even in the very first one, it's like these guys were huge muscle bound dudes with, you know, giant guns and they, like Arnold Schwarzenegger basically defeats him because he covers himself in mud. Right. It's right. A, it, it comes down to intelligence. At, yes, at the exactly. End, Being, always, having wit and, yeah. it's, and learning. It's, 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 exactly. It's, it's yeah, really cool. Learning from what you're seeing him do. Yeah. It's yeah. like in some ways to me feels like weirdly unlikely that there's been this many predator movies. But on the other hand, because the predators are just so sort of mysterious and single minded, it just sort of lends itself to any kind of story you want to tell. Like, yeah, it's what's kind of brilliant about it. Like, I'm I'm almost kind of glad. I know that one of the one of the AVP sequels was supposed to take us to Predator Land, and I feel like Requiem. That's right. I feel yeah. like Requiem maybe had a scene where we were actually on a ship. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was on a ship. Yeah, um, which is maybe the most. Which always makes me laugh when I see their like uh, sausage fingers on those Predator suits, like. <laughs> Because then I'm just thinking of them trying to do science with those hands, and it's hilarious. <laughs> like it's they still Indelicate. have they still have 80s monster movie suit hands, which is amazing. <laughs> like no de- dexterity whatsoever. But um, yeah, like it's when he's pressing on his arm keyboard, just good. Well, yeah, right. I just think like you can't go too far down that rabbit hole because it's so silly. Like you have to keep it mysterious like this. And yeah. I think they're smart to have reined that back in and gone this way with it. Well, and I, I'm really interested to see what we get next from Dan Trachtenberg, uh, because I really, I, I like that he did the same thing with 10 Cloverfield Lane. Like he took an existing yeah. property, sort of like narrowed the scope to like a very specific time and place and played with the rules of that universe in his own way. And, you know, like I said, I'm not a Predator fan and I loved this because he did kind of like do his own thing with it. And, yeah. you know, we got like a very small glimpse of a, like a vignette, like I said, and I I like that style. I'm, I like, that's what I'm going to call it, his vignette style. I want to see, take some more stuff and do vignettes of it, buddy. Yeah, I mean, this and movie. And it's another complicated female character in 10 Cloverfield Lane, right. too. Yeah. Right. This, this movie made me more intrigued by and excited for a Predator thing than maybe ever. Because even with those yeah. AVP movies, like, let's be honest, I'm there for the A, not the P. Like, <laughs> I'm there for some xenomorph action, no. like, when I'm in those AVP movies. But, um. But yeah, that's really good. It brought back to one of my like favorites. So there's like a documentary, Casey, maybe you've seen it about the making of the first movie because apparently it was like an epic shit show. Like oh, they wow. went back to that jungle more than once and reshot almost like the whole movie. What? Because they were just, really? they were just, they were competing. Just quit? They were like competing producers or directors or something. And like they were making shit up on the fly there also is this amazing story about how they hired, that was around the time where Jean-Claude Van Damme was huge. So they hired him originally to be the predator, but what they discovered that when he put that suit on, he couldn't do any of his like jumpy flippy crap. 
And so yeah. he got so frustrated. He, they, I can't remember if he, he was either fired or quit <laughs> or something. So then they had to re- go back with the new actor and reshoot everything they had shot with them. Um, Jeez, it's so like, it, so that's what's kind of funny. Like when people revere the first movie, like, man, it's a fun eighties action movie, but it's a hot mess. Like in its own right. Like yeah. it just, <laughs> it just had some, like, it's so visceral because of that jungle feel, how violent it was. And it just was full of like, larger than life actors like that's really the brilliance of the first movie is the ingenuity of the alien of the predator but also these like just larger than life 80s action stars yeah you get this fun ensemble cast and it was all new then too you know we'd never seen anything like predator exactly. before right. so yeah. and you're seeing jesse the body venture jesse ventura <laughs> yeah jesse ventura schwarzenegger isn't carl weathers in that movie yeah yeah like just crazy crazy cast yeah. caitlin you look yeah. like you don't know I don't. It's like, <laughs> I am, I love going back I haven't back seen and it in probably things. 20 years, honestly. Well, and it's not one that I rewatch because like I said, it's just not, not my favorite franchise. Um, and this is one that I did. I watched this twice. That's the first Predator movie I've watched more than once already. So. <laughs> I mean, the original is a hundred, is one of those movies for me that loses out because of, I don't have cable. And so I lose out on, flipping through on an afternoon being like, Oh hell yeah. I'm going to watch the last two hours of predator, whatever. Like, but I'm rarely ever going to reach for it just personally. Yeah. I watched it about a year ago, but it was because I was showing my nephew the movie. I'm trying to like warm him up to an alien movie because he's a little scared of horror stuff. And I thought maybe if I could get him in the door with predator, I can't wait. (laughs) I can't wait for my kids to be old enough to be like, here's predator. Let's watch this. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I've actually been thinking about going back and watching uh, the first two again, though, just because of this movie. Because yeah. I had that much fun with it. It's like, oh, shit, I need more Predator. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah, I can see Apparently that. Apparently, I do too. <laughs> Here we are. All right. Um, would you recommend Prey, Casey? Absolutely. Ariel? Yes, 100%. Caitlin? Yes. Um. Okay. Uh, Let's take a break, and um, I would like to visit my top 10 list on the other side of this. So stand by, friends. You know, a lot of people write me and say, Hey, Joe Bob Briggs, just what is Monster Vision? You don't need no special glasses or an insect's head. Just a healthy love for slime and disrespect for the dead. We'll talk about some movies by the old double wide. And when you get that creepy feeling creeping up inside, well, then you got Monster Vision. It's a heck of a fright. We're tearing the heart out of Saturday night. These Monster Vision movies serve a primitive drive. Cause watching people die can make you feel so alive So throw away your clicker now, the flicks have begun Cause there's nothing you can do while fully dressed It's as fun as watching TNT beneath the bugs after light We're tearing the heart out of Saturday night Tearing the heart out of Saturday night Hey, I'm Joe Bob Briggs, and you're listening to the Bloody Good Horror Podcast. Send feedback to info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter. 
Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloodygoodhorror. Ah, hello everyone. Um, we were supposed to review the black phone last week. Um, and then I was like having some health problems, so we couldn't record. We may revisit it. Um, my feeling was like I did not, I wasn't hot enough on it to make it have it take up two weeks of my life. So, um, <laughs> I didn't even watch it because I was going to watch it before the show. So. I want to be real. So I watched half of it and was super not into it. Like it felt, oh really? It has the vibe of like a cheap '70s after-school special. Is what it felt like to me. <laughs> Ethan Hawke is cr- real creepy, but as Mask a movie, cool as a movie, dude, I was just like. Thumbs down. I actually enjoyed it myself. I was looking <laughs> I forward did. to talking about it. Yeah. yeah I, I want to see it just because like it's one of the bigger releases of this year and I want to make sure I get to it. But I was uh yeah, I was gonna watch it for a show. <laughs> um so that was going on. Um Kaylin, let's let's look at my top ten list here. I've got it up right here for you. Are we looking uh, top five? Top, bottom five? T- top five, yeah. Oh, do you want me to read your top five or read all of them? Top five, please. Uh, number one is Nope. Number two is X. Number three is Mad God. Four is Spine of Night. And five is Watcher. Oh, Watcher. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> listen, I'm over here in my head going, did you see my face? I was like, yeah, don't, don't ask what There's it is. Some calculating. I was like, don't ask what it is. You know this. Don't ask what it is. <laughs> Uh, this is three. I would put this above Mad God. I do love Mad God, but, um, do I need to, I need to bump? Let's, I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is at 10, right? Like, I think that's a safe bump at this point. Yeah, bottom five, I can run through. Fresh, Scream, The Cursed, Torn Hearts, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, let's, we can bump TCM. It had, it it had its time. It did. (laughs) It Um, lasted a while. Yeah, Yeah, that was really... I like to hey, get, Eric. I like to get weird with it sometimes. <laughs> I do have a question for you before I forget. Sure. Tell me what happened last week with Hi-Fi. Oh, you read my mind. That's, that was actually the next thing I was going to talk about. Uh, yeah, I finally put some new music out. I, it's been a hot minute. I did. I had a single I put out in the spring at some point, but um, I finally finished this album I had been working on for about a year. It's um, it's called The Bloody Pit. And it's like a horror soundtrack, like concept album. Like basically I had a story that I wrote a soundtrack around to a thing that doesn't exist, but I wrote it like it was a movie soundtrack. Um, so yeah, I, I got uh, a lot of very nice notes from people. A lot of people picked it up on the day it came out. It's on, right now it's on exclusively on Bandcamp. So if you go to Bandcamp and search at hy.f.fy, no, I'm sorry. H-Y dash F-Y. <laughs> Good Lord. It's we linked it on Twitter. So Here's a fun fact, Caitlin. Did you know that the Bloody Pit is a real place? I kn- Well, I only knew because of what you had posted about, you know, how sort of it. Uh, yeah, I was making, I was making some. Inspiring the, the track. I was making some music last summer and I was looking around. I think I was like searching for urban legends that were like local to Massachusetts because that's where I was living at the time. 
And I discovered this one about this. Um, basically, it was a uh, merchants in Massachusetts at the time didn't have a good route to the West to sell goods, which was limiting them because they had this port where they could bring in stuff from the rest of the world. But they then they could make stuff, but they didn't really have a good way to get it to like the rest of the... This is in the 1800s. They didn't have a good way to really get it to the rest of the country, even though rail was like connecting everything. So they have to... It's uh, Some people decided to create, or like the Commonwealth, I guess. It's called the Hoosac Tunnel. And it's basically a giant mountain in Western Mass that they just had to bore through so that they could run railroad tracks through it. And at the time, it was to be the second longest train tunnel in the world or something like that. Um, it t- ended up taking almost 50 years to complete it. It was like almost like, so it started during the Civil War. Civil War was long over by the time it was cre- it was finished. It went through multiple like uh, business people and owners. And basically along the way, so many people died that pe- people familiar with the project started calling it the bloody pit. And there was like rumors that curses existed around it because it was like leaving people destitute and people were dying in the, in the mountain, like trying to, you know, build this thing or whatever. So, and you can actually go, it's really cool. You can look, if you look up the Huzak tunnel on like Google Maps, you can like go, it's a little hike, you can find where the actual entrance to it is. It's very creepy because it's in the woods. It's not like a, it's it's not an entrance that's in a very like, it's not off of a road or something, you know what I mean? Anyway, I've really wanted to visit. It's only a couple hours away, but I just sort of use- I was used, gonna say, you should. I mean, be careful, but- I use that yeah, as, right. as inspiration basically to, in my head and sort of somewhat on paper, right? Like a um, nonfiction- Fiction, sorry, rather story taking place sort of around that. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, it helped me just kind of visualize, I guess, the music I was trying to make. But yeah, check well, it out. Congrats on the release. Thank you. It feels good. It's been, um, it took me, uh, the, the actual music making didn't take me super, super long, but it's sort of been sporadic when I could come back to it and keep working on it. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm, I'm happy to get it out and sort of be free from that and focus on some new stuff. So, yeah, check it out at Bandcamp. Search for HY-FY. I wore my Hi-Fi shirt. Uh, I don't remember where I wore it. I wore it the other day, and I was like, if anyone asks me, <laughs> there's new music. <laughs> and no one asked no me, one but asked. <laughs> it was probably just somewhere boring like the grocery store. So Lame. Um, speaking of the things going on, Caitlin, what's going on? Plug it up these days. Oh, just rocking and rolling. Um Old friend of BGH, Joe Charnews, was on for Silent House, which was a lot of fun. Um, our buddy Jason from Dads of the from the Dads from the Crypt is going to be on here soon. Um, so just lots of our our podcast buddies, and um, then uh, the second round of horror trivia happened here in Richmond that I host, and it was really fun. Creature features, and I uh, finished up writing next month's theme which is slashers and i'm very excited i love it ariel what's going on with the zombie girls (laughs) g-r-r-l-z thank you for always remembering that i always forget to tell people (laughs) um yeah so let me think on stream queens we're about to release an episode i just finished editing it yesterday um where they covered brahms the boy too so you get to hear mars and rachel just absolutely trash a movie it's really hilarious 
Um, actually, tomorrow I'm recording an episode of More Deadly. That's our podcast where we focus on women-identified horror directors. And uh, Jason from Dads from the Crypt is coming on to join us. We're going to be talking about Freddy's Dead. And that episode will be coming out next week. I love Freddy's so. Dead. Jason is a busy man. Yeah. <laughs> Freddy's Dead is so good. Like when I was a kid, I remember like loving it because it's just so different and like out there. It is there. different. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about it. Love it. Caitlin, have you seen Freddy's Dead? That was not a look of recognition. It is. I, I actually was talking uh, about sort of like the major horror franchises with Mary the other night. We were talking about like Jason, Freddy, and Michael as being sort of like the, the three horror icons of a certain era. And uh, I was talking about how much I love Freddy Krueger, how I, he's probably my favorite of that crew. And Freddy's Dead is one that I have not gone back to. So I think oh. it's the only one of any of those franchises directed by a woman. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's on uh, HBO Max. So not to shame you, not to shame you when you're watching it now, Caitlin. But (laughs) no, I I, I want to, and I like to keep up with more deadly. So I'll have to go back and check it out. Love it. All right, Uh, Casey and Casey, people can find you Cinema Fromage, Cinema Dot Fromage on Instagram. It's the best place to find me. Dot Fromage, and you're posting many pictures. Love it. What do we got on Twitter? All right. You got questions. We got answers. Hit us up with the Ask BGH hashtag. I don't, I don't think we can legally say that, but okay. Yeah. You got well, questions. you know, we're going to give you our version of an answer. <laughs> Whether you use that <laughs> advice or not. No, isn't that like a commercial slogan? It's not like Geico oh, or something? something. <laughs> Aflac or something? Like every uh, morning zoo radio host ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, our first tweet comes in from a longtime friend of the show, at Whitney, please. Have you ever been axe-throwing? What would you rate your axe-throwing skills on a level of zero to Naru? Hmm. I'm going to guess Ariel has. She seems to live in the land of axe-throwing. I, like. <laughs> I actually have never been axe-throwing. I wish Rachel and Matilda were on because they actually go do that regularly. <laughs> See, There's like a bar. Where I knew it was happening over there. You know oh my God, rank yeah. them. Who's better at it? We even got that. We even have that. I know Indiana, Rachel's Eric. watching. No, they have it everywhere, but it's especially prevalent in like hipster enclaves. Yeah, very we, true. We've got some here in Richmond, and I've never been. I'm really scared that I'm going to throw it and it's going to hit the wall, but like bounce back at me. Like not the sharp end, but like I'll hit it mm-hmm. like the wrong end and whack yourself back. in the head. You yeah, think, you think gotcha. you have predator strength? <laughs> I haven't tried it, but I honestly think it looks fun. But after like my last year with my back and stuff like that, I'm afraid that as soon as I like throw a hatchet yeah, with one dude, arm, it's just going to come off. Putting a hatchet, <laughs> putting a hat. If you're like back as iffy, like pulling yeah. a hatchet back over your head and then hucking it is like probably not a safe call. A bad yeah. idea. Yeah. With like 15 pounds, right? <laughs> your surgeon would be like, easy, God damn it. Just yeah. anyone, just, I mean, anyone out there when you hit our age, it's like any kind of stray movement that you're not doing every day, like be careful, dude, because, you know, yeah. it can go sideways. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. always remember you're not as young as you once <laughs> were. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one comes up from at CO underscore W Flanagan. Yo, how many diseases did Naru get by smearing glowing alien blood all over her face? I done got at least three just from licking human special parts. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Classic. Probably sure. no worse than the smallpox that she probably got from the French uh, The settlers. French guys, yeah. Yeah. Oof. yeah. 
That's dark. I'd like to think that it like. But it'd be alien smallpox. (laughs) Maybe it imbued her with like cool strength. I don't know. I'm going to go positive on this one. Yeah, maybe it's a Spider-Man situation where she gains some predator powers. (laughs) Yeah, or like some immunity to other stuff. Were you going to (laughs) go back to, did we have some black phone ones? No, we got quite a bit for uh, this week's. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, we have at rel underscore on underscore films, rel on films. What animal do you have an irrational fear of that most people don't? You already know it. I fucking hate ticks. <laughs> I think that's a pretty yeah, rational fear, awful. though. I don't know about this question because, like, it's just, it's rational to be afraid of animals, Casey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm I disagree. I disagree. Right by the bear. I disagree with this poster's premise, is all I'm saying. Talk about Twitter discourse. My goodness. <laughs> all I Don't know is I'm trust still animals. terrified of ostriches and emus. That is totally reasonable. Their legs can kick you so hard it'll kill you. They can like rip out your intestines with their toes. I get this lady. There's some like alien thinking going on behind those eyes. I get this lady. You're about uh, to say the TikTok lady? Yeah, this lady's videos on TikTok where she like she farms ostriches (laughs) and she does it. They're always trying to attack her and she stops them just by like putting her her hand up like Chris Pratt style. And um, yeah, it's like fascinating. But it's become a meme that like they're just trying to kill her. I saw uh, like a TikTok and like a stitch or something that was like, can you just do that to my neck though? And I was like, okay, easy. I, <laughs> on main. I, I found a, I found a dead mouse in my last apartment when I was moving out and I lost my ever loving mind. Like so, and actually like just uh, like a month ago in my office, two mice ran out from under a door directly at me and I thought I was going to die. It was horrifying. <laughs> They're so disgusting. The city. They're so fast and they can fit into like any, like they can squish down into like a tiny hole. Ugh, my problem is more that if we get mice, my cat catches them, but isn't always great about totally killing them. Ooh. And then I'm left with the job. So yeah, that sucks. Do yeah. your job, cat. Like <laughs> right. That's what I tried to tell my landlord when I lived in the city. We couldn't have pets, but uh, we had a lot of mice. And I was like, "Did you know that even the smell of a cat <laughs> will deter mice?" And he was like, "No." Oh, <laughs> he wasn't having it, huh? <laughs> I guess I would maybe. I guess I would maybe say that's my irrational fear because, like, I know they're. I mean, they can spread disease and stuff, but like, I'm irrationally terrified of mice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we got a good one from at the Nun Club. What character from any horror slash horror adjacent movie would you consider the most formidable and fun foe to face Predator in an Alien versus Predator style mashup? A Psycho Gorman, V Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, C Gabriel from Malignant, or D your choice. Oh my God, Gabriel versus Predator would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be great. Gabriel's That'd just so nuts. dumb, and Gabriel's just so dumb and amazing on its own that like against a Predator yeah. would be incredible. Like doing it's, its weird runs, it's backward face <laughs> fighting. PG Psycho Gorman when he's dressed up like the Jurassic Park guy fighting yeah, Predator yes. would be very amusing to me. With like the brain just watching. Right, right. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't I I'm trying to think of like, you know, you know, choose your own, but those are really good suggestions they put forward. Yeah. 
We got two more here. I'm going to ask. Uh, we've actually got three more, but Nuke Spook's question is pretty close to stuff we've already discussed in the show. So, uh, which is you know kind of like where you rank your Predator movies. We had a good discussion on that. Uh, next comes at Skizbot. My buddy once found himself in hot water when he told his wife, "I just love how plump you've gotten." What's the worst compliment you've ever received? Oh, First man. of all, your friend's a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being a, like a larger bodied woman, I always get like, you have such a pretty face or you have such nice skin. And it's mm. like, it's nice to hear that. But like the, the sort of like underlying message is like, wouldn't it be so much cooler if you were also thin? Like you'd be right, so yeah. pretty thin if you're so I was, pretty. I was saying you have a pretty face. Exactly. Yeah. I was told yeah. once I'd be hotter if I was taller. And that was intended as a compliment. So wow. <laughs> thanks for that person who said that thing. I literally never forgot. I, yes, I, I've forgotten all these years nope. later. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go. Go I, was ahead I, I had somebody tell me I was cuter when I was a kid once oh, looking at God. photos of me, which I was a very adorable kid, but still that's you Good know, Lord. rude. <laughs> All right, last up, we have one from at Lovely Dead Adam. Are you going to watch Rob Zombie's Brothers movie? I think it's on Shudder, so the only reasonable excuse not to is, no, it's Rob Zombie's brother. Who? What is this movie? Do we know? Yeah, Allegoria. Allegoria. Yeah. And yeah. Unfamiliar. I'm only familiar from this tweet. I don't know what that is. It it's just like an anthology like, one with is different vignettes, but there's name? no like wraparound story. I. I feel bad for saying this, but I actually started the movie and couldn't finish it. Is his so. name like Don Zombie? Like, what's his name? It's Spider, Spider One. One. Oh my, shut the fuck. No, I'm not watching <laughs> Spider One's fucking movie. For that alone, Eric said, no. Nope. fuck out of here, Spider <laughs> One. <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> now I'm angry. I know people are liking it. It just, and I love an anthology movie. Yeah. But there was no wraparound, so it was a little disjointed, and the stories were pretty predictable where they were going to go, and I just didn't think they were very well done. But maybe I just needed to watch the last half. Who's your favorite horror director? You know, I'm pretty into Spider One these days. (laughs) No. I'm going to get you a Spider One merch, Eric, for. That would be hilarious. I bet he he has his own merch line, too. Nobody named Spider One. You know what band he has, right? No. Power Man 5000. Oh, wait. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. He's the lead singer of that one. So that, he's that, actually touring with Rob the right now. That tracks. I sense some nepotism going on. <laughs> that line up there. I don't know how you could say that about Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for tweets, Eric. Oh, where'd my phone go? Okay. Instagram. Thank you, Casey. You're welcome. Uh, let's see. Can I let's get out of here? Because I do we have ones from last week? Man, I was like asleep at the wheel last week, huh? Um, <laughs> you're pretty it's sick last week, but it's okay. I, you have no idea. Got got dark. Um, what is the best and worst predator film? Best prey. For me. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the original and like I think it's pretty clearly Requiem is like pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Because it's also well. cheap. It's also cheap. Like I said, like people really don't seem to like the pre- the Predator, but at least it's got big budget dumb Hollywood shit in it, right? Like it's got some popcorn yeah. shit going on in it. Like Requiem was just when they were like 
it's just cheap as hell. What are you most proud of? Says Caitlin's friend. I don't, I can't answer Nick. this. I don't know. I'm proud of my <laughs> friendship with Nick because he is the best. Aw, you're so sweet. I'm proud of the bloody pit now out on Bandcamp. There you go, bud. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> are you proud of this amazing show you've put together too? Pretty proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Depends on the week. When you do, you know what though? When you do something long enough, it's hard to feel that if I'm being honest. Sure. Like, Cause yeah. it's just a thing that's existed in my life since before, like half your life. Over yeah. Half your I, life. Yeah. I mean, not quite half my life, but yeah, I mean, bloody good horror, Close. bloody good horror yeah. itself has been for half my life. Yeah. That's I'm really proud of my, uh, drawing journey. You yeah, should be. You should be. Considering right? it's only been like two and a half years. Yeah, you're very talented. Yeah, I enjoy watching them all pop up on Instagram. They're great. <laughs> I'm always like, how do you like think of things? I know. How do you draw? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Same with Eric making music. I'm like, hmm, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I just follow the dopamine, Caitlin. It leads me where I need to be. Pretty much. Mm, take you. Don't try math. <laughs> <laughs> um... Will any Predator movie eclipse the original? Also, how often do you quote that movie? It's not a big touchstone for me as much as I like it. Is that is Get to the Chopper from that or is that from something else? I think that was Commando, but I'm not 100%. Yeah, yeah I can't remember. So I actually don't have a lot of quotes from that movie. Yeah, I like the callback in this one where if it says where they say if it bleeds, you can kill it, which is yeah. from the first movie. Yeah, I liked cool. the visual callback to the Predator rising up out of the quicksand like Arnold's. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Real good one here from uh, Brian. Predator versus Candyman. Oh, that's a good one. Like the, good. the Predator versus like the Candyman, or just like is, the movies. No, I think this is an old school BGH versus question. Who wins? Yeah, okay. the Predator versus Candyman. Like who would Candyman. win? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think Supernatural mm. Bees might <laughs> might outdo Alien Doohickeys. Yeah, yeah, actually. I don't know though because because we've obviously said that comes down to intelligence to get past the predator and Candyman's got kind of a repetitive routine on well, his kills, doesn't he? You Candyman's, know what? You know how to summon him. Candyman's <laughs> game is also very psychological, which would be kind of funny against basically just a big dumb murder animal. Alien, that can't you know, understand. That doesn't. Yeah, there's no <laughs> internal world there. A draw. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. Um, I don't. I don't even know how to answer this. But top four predator franchise characters to help you fight a predator. Uh, I don't remember the characters enough. Give me J- uh, yeah. Jesse the body and that guy from the second movie that was always shaved, dry shaved. I mean, it's. I mean, I think the answer is pretty. It's like Arnold. Um, this is, only because this would be like a hilarious group of people to get together at the same time. Arnold, Danny Glover, Adrian Brody, and this main character from this movie whose name I forgot. And the dog. Really. And the dog. Yes. yes. Yeah. Five. The dog. Get the dog there. <laughs> like, I like the idea, though, of like all these warriors and then just like beat cop. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> what other era would you want to see the Predators hunt in? I mean, listen, let's just line up those Assassin's Creed games and go down. Let's go do like, uh, you know, ancient Italy. Christian from It's Only a Podcast said Feudal Japan, which mm-hmm. feudal Japan Casey, I think cool. easy answer, too, like, easy answer, Feudal Japan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the costuming would be so great. Yeah. That'd yeah. be really cool. Interesting weapons. 
Mm-hmm. You know what they yeah, never? Oh my! Sword fights. I was trying to remember. Predators you wasn't. You could have a samurai predator. Predators wasn't near Ooh. near future though, right? Because you can go near future too with like Call of Duty style weapons on the humans. Yeah, you go forward as well. This is a random yeah. thought, but one of the things I always thought was the biggest letdown as far as the franchise, including the AVP stuff, is I think they showed a hint of it at the end of the first AVP movie, but I always wanted to see what happened when the Xenomorph crossed with the Predator. And they gave us a oh. little te- mm-hmm. taste of it, but they never did anything more with it. I think that would have been cool to see. Yeah. Dude, sure. I, I want to see, <laughs> man, I want to see the third Prometheus movie so bad. Like, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, but I just loved where it was going. I want to know what that s- screenplay is for part three. Uh, I know. <laughs> was Covenant the second one? Yes. Or, yeah. Uh, I hated that movie, but oh, I know a lot man. of people like it. I loved both of those movies. They're real. They feel sloppy in a way, but like, I just loved the ideas in those movies. Just when he started basically like horse whispering to the alien <laughs> I was just sort of like, uh, yeah. I don't, I can't with this. <laughs> Counterpoint, Michael Fassbender kissing himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Throwing that out there. Oh, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> um, last question of the evening. Isn't it time for a scream without Sydney setting aside the PR nightmare? Wow. I got to say, I, I, I um, was, and unless I like, get history proves me correct, but. I assumed that they were eventually going to sign her that like, this is was just, you know, I don't know how familiar you guys are with this, but like, there's been a lot of Twitter, like, yeah, she's made a statement. They've made a statement. She just came out this week and was like, listen, they wouldn't pay me as much as they would pay a man in this situation, which like totally understandable. But uh, I assumed we were just making noise because we were at that part of the contract negotiations and they would cave and just like give her what you wanted. Cause why wouldn't you? But it's, yeah. I mean, that movie's, shooting right now and she's not there so like i'm kind of no she's not gonna be in it yeah i kind of actually feel like i'm shocked like i'm kind of shocked but also what was her i mean she did not they had nothing for her to do in the last movie or really i mean i we can dip it i thought dewey was the best part of the last movie (laughs) but um, they they didn't do they didn't write her character well in that one and courtney cox too she got like no witty lines which is basically her best part in all of the movies i truly just i mean feel like at this point if you're gonna go new blood just do it just go all the mm -hmm. way yeah i mean i guess if creatively that was the choice they were gonna make i just think the way that it went down is so shitty because i mean nev campbell has basically carried that franchise on her back for two decades and they can't bother to pay her a decent salary i mean this last movie was the most popular i mean it made more money than the previous one even though it's a pandemic when people aren't going to the theater as much so it's bullshit to say that like they can't pay her more it's just it's absolute crap yeah i I can't separate the two frankly no it's pretty it's pretty wild before you roll your eyes as i say this but there's somewhere i might have been mtv i'm not sure there's two seasons of a screen tv show that has nothing to do with the original character so we kind of know what that looks like. They weren't the greatest options because of the network they were on, but they they weren't terrible. And I, I think generally, yeah, I, I don't know that I, how I felt at the time, but now I'm just really feeling like if you want this series to continue, I think you just need a clean break from those characters. Like, 
Yeah. In some ways, Scream, because uh, I think Scream 4 is like way better than Scream 5. But oh, big time. in some ways, <laughs> yeah. like the characters in Scream 5, those returning ones, it was like we had this whole like standalone movie that was pretty decent in a lot of its own ways. And then it was like you just would take a break to go visit these other characters doing something. It felt very kind of shoehorned in. I think I think I like Dewey because they they weave him the most in the plot. Whereas yeah. then it's just, just Nev, Nev Campbell with those characters. Then Nev Campbell's yeah. like jogging and taking a phone call for like the first half of the movie. You know what I mean? Like at the same right. time, though, I am one of those people where like I'm sure it would be different if I saw a movie, a screen movie without Nev Campbell. But like I'd be like, I don't even want to see it. Like, and I, I would see it obviously, but I was like, it's she's well, Sydney. Like, come on, you're yeah. gonna probably yeah. get a chance next year, Caitlin. We'll talk. Well, about it's it. it's kind of like the arguments with uh, Star Wars and stuff up until now too. Like people saying they need to stop rehashing the Skywalker stories because we've had those same characters that we've seen rehashed in nine different movies now. Yeah. Well, it was all planned out ahead of time, Casey. Just oh, I know. Just <laughs> all right, that's it. It's gonna do it for Prey. Uh, yeah, and um, I don't know that we have next week lined up yet, but we will be back. So look out, world. Maybe Schnarr's leaving show up. We'll see. <laughs> um, that's going to do it for this week's show. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you next week. In honor of Schnarr's, I will do his see yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.